What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Theology and Worship Podcast. We exist to equip worshipers for spirit and truth worship. Not only that, but we exist to equip marriages for spirit and truth worship. That's right. I uh, just announced last week that I have written a book, and it is uh, on pre-order right now at wedintowar.com, W-E-D-I-N-T-O-W-A-R.com. You can pre-order that there. And we are in part two uh, of the series of why does this book even exist? And we shared in part one that the marriage relationship is the fundamental relationship by which God has chosen to bring heaven to earth. And I wanted to get into a little bit of a, of a different angle here. Um, I have a podcast, I think, in season one that talks about when God rejects worship. In the Old Testament, there actually are a few instances where God rejects worship. We see this in the book of Genesis when he rejects the worship of Cain. We see it in the book of Amos where uh, you know we're having our festivals and our songs and our worship nights, and he rejects them because there's not justice and mercy overflowing. And I kind of tied that bow and thought that podcast was done and talked about heart issues and talked about what it is to be a community, a culture of, of worship and compassion. And then I found another instance. In fact, when I was studying for the book, What Into War, and as I was going through that, I found this passage in Malachi. You know, these minor prophets are bringing it and they're bringing it hard. These minor prophets are bringing some major truths. I mean, check this out in Malachi chapter two. It says, may the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob any descendant of the man who does this, who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. And the second thing you do, you cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning, because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor from your hand. But you say, why does he not? This, I mean, this is another instance where here the children of Israel, God's people, are bringing tears, weeping, groaning, offerings, and God has rejected it. He is not accepting it. And I love how he's even willing to enter the dialogue. Why? Like, why are you not accepting this offering? Look what it says next. This is crazy. Because the Lord has witnessed between you and the wife of your youth to whom you have been faithless, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. God rejects worship when there is divorce in the house. Ah, man, how we just have to let that sit and sink for a second. God rejects worship on account of the faithless husband, the faithless wife. Let's go on here. Did he not make them one? That beautiful Hebrew unity, chad, that we're, we talk about a lot in the book, with the portion of the Spirit in their union. I love this, that the Spirit of God, even before Jesus even entered the scene, the Spirit of God was already resting upon the marriage relationship. Uh, God had already breathed on this relationship. He already had major, big, eternal plans for this relationship, so much so that the Spirit of God, that it's not even been poured out upon flesh yet, right? We're not going to see that till Pentecost, but the Spirit of God is on that union. And what was the one that God was seeking why is marriage so important? Because he's trying to bring, verse 4, I'm sorry, uh, verse 15, godly offspring. This 
is exactly what we were talking about this last week. God has chosen the marriage relationship. He's designed the sons of Adam and the daughters of Eve to be these wild uh, uh, builders, cultivators, those who go into the chaos and bring it into order. And then he's joined them together. He's put his spirit upon that union because that union is going to now produce godly kids and godly kids produce godly kids who produce godly kids. And this is how the reality of heaven comes to earth. And this has everything to do with us as worship leaders, right? If God is rejecting worship when there is divorce, when there is faithlessness in our camp, then how passionate ought we as worship leaders to be about marriage? Man, this is powerful. Malachi chapter 2, I want to go on. For the man who does not love his wife but divorces her, says the Lord, the God of Israel, I love that he puts his own title in there, right? He's, he's showing his faithfulness amidst our faithlessness, right? He who divorces his wife covers his garment with violence. That's such an interesting phrase, right? For us in the Western world, it's, that's, that's lost on us completely. But what he's saying here is that marriage is the covering of legacy lineage, and blessing. It is the place where blessing is secure and safe. And when you break that apart, you are opening up your legacy to violence. You're opening up your future blessing to the violence of the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why the book's called Wed Into War, because we have a real enemy. Now, you could call that enemy Lucifer, Satan, the father of lies, whatever you want to call that enemy. The odds are stacked against the marriage relationship because the marriage relationship is put on this earth to display the gospel, to display the truth of Jesus and his church, to display that man can be reconciled to man, man can be reconciled to God. A commune of forgiveness and peace and restoration is what the marriage is. It's this safe place for you to grow and to be encouraged and for you to transform. That is this great lie, right? That people don't change. <laughs> That's the message of the entire gospel. That's the point. The point is that because of the finished work of Jesus, we can change and we will change. There is transformation that happens in and through us. And God has chosen the marriage relationship to be a fast track to that holiness. It's a fast track to becoming the person that Jesus has called us to become. And the enemy knows that. And so marriage is under attack. Church, worship leaders, you guys are on the front lines of this thing. We have to do things differently. We have to turn the tables of divorce in and through our nation with divorce rates between 40 and 50%, even in the church. And the odds are stacked against the marriage relationship except for this one thing. The Spirit of God is resting upon that union. And he seeks to save and to restore and redeem what has been stolen from you. And so let's respond with worship. 
Let's respond with, with, with the true kind of worship that actually says, okay, the union that I'm in, I'm going to stay. And if I'm single, then I'm going to be the kind of person that is looking for someone that I can commit to stay with and that can actually support the married couples that are around me. I, I do want to caveat real quick. and I just want to take another half a minute here. For some of us, it feels like, man, I wish I would have heard this five years ago. I wish I would have heard this a couple months ago. And I just want to say, man, chapter six of the book, you know, it's called the gospel divorce. And I just want to say that nothing is too dead. Nothing is too far gone. That's why Jesus rose from the grave. That's why he took three days. He wanted everyone to know he was dead and fully dead and that he can restore things that are dead and fully dead. And I want to say, if you're on a second marriage, a third marriage, hey, listen, God has you in this marriage to do the work now. Don't think it's going to get better with a different marriage. It doesn't get better. In fact, the divorce rate just escalates after the first, second, third divorce. So let's, man, let's, let's, let's repent Let's turn our heart and turn our eyes and let's do something radically different. And that might just be by starting to say, I commit to stay. I'm here thick and thin. This is my reasonable act of worship.